And there are like these amazing shots of the three outfielders in Texas celebrating like in a chorus line. Bubba Thompson, Leonie Tavares, and Adolis Garcia. And it's like, I, I got to find a way to like print this out and frame it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to your favorite hour and 27 minutes of fantasy baseball. Every, uh, it's probably not going to be an hour and 27 minutes. Uh, it's Under the Radio, part of the Athletic Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Wrapping up the season with me, my friend and yours, Derek River. Good morning. Your friend of mine, Ian Gaines. I tell you what, it's really good to be here. Uh, I've got to depart early again. Sorry, everyone. Uh, Ian Khan cost you six minutes of me, so let, let that be known in the Apple reviews. <laughs> <laughs> but I got you. But that, that being said, I did cost you maybe four minutes there, uh, but I did get you for the 22 minutes because you were like, I can't do it, guys. I got it. I'm like, just come on for the, just come on, just come on. That's we'll true. talk. We're That's gonna, true. So, you know, it, it, it's all life. Life is really perspective and how you look at it. I uh, I hate the idea that I like, come across like I don't like the show or anything. I love the show more than anything in the world. Well, not, that's not, well, not, not more than anything in the world because, but it, it's a fun show for all three. I think a fun show for all three of us. I think it's a, a joyful experience that we all enjoy. I just keep getting hammered with like real life, like manager meetings. So anyway, let's not waste time with that but just know that like it's not me being like you can have me for 21 minutes it's uh <laughs> i would love to be here for more yeah, let's go of course uh on today's show rylan bannon was called up three days ago to replace ozzy albies but hasn't gotten an bat yet ian how do you feel about that i feel fine about that i'm just glad that rylan bannon that some people have been listening to you and to our show and believe that he's going to be a big star so you know rylan bannon baby one of one one of our guys. Shout out to Ian who did this uh, whole rundown again. Uh, obviously leading with Aaron Judge. Then I mean, oh, this must be a DVR rundown. Judge sixty. Watch that game and ending. Wow. Uh, no, I, that was <laughs> I did the whole rundown last night. I think DVR put in a couple. Uh, yeah, he definitely did. He put in the smart ones. He put like a couple in, and and then I was up watching the game last night. Did you did you see what happened in with Judge hitting sixty? It was a remarkable experience. Did DVR? Did you see it? I did not see it happen. I was watching other games. I was scrolling through Twitter when it happened. I'm like, oh, wow. Judge hit another one. Oh, wow, they won. <laughs> it was it was truly a one of the uh, a genuine classic. Like, Yes Network, which if you're not in the New York Tri-State area, Yes Network has, like, Yankee classics. And it's like Derek Jeter's 3,000th hit or uh, what's the guy? Abbott, the guy who pitched with one hand. Jim Abbott? Jim Abbott, thank you, yeah. Like, Jim Abbott's no-hitter. Right. Like they'll go back and on days off, they will play the whole game and it'll be like, yo, watch this Yankee classic. Last night, straight up Yankee classic, man. Yeah. And like full momentum. But I, I need like a little warm up and I could I could probably do part of it. But uh, after the but let's let's talk. Let's start with an under the radar guy. Are there any late season pop up guys you're starting to believe in for next season or at least DVR ticket over for a sec? I think we should do the pop up guys first. Okay. Because I think this is a group of players that, as much as I want to believe in unexpected players being long-term good, I tend to still be very skeptical about them. So a good example of this is Joey Manessis. I think when he first came up, my thought was, he'll play because they don't have anybody else to play. He deserves a chance. He's a great story because he's been in the minor leagues for a long time. Started playing pro ball in 2011, debuted in 2022. And I thought even with some of the the good numbers he's put up at AAA in recent years, he's been in his late 20s while doing that. So it doesn't really mean much. But here we are, 42 games in to his time with the Nationals. 
nine homers, 324 average, 357 OBP, 547 slug. He's probably going to get a look at the beginning of next season. So is there anyone, whether it's Manessis or someone else, who has been getting this opportunity in the final two months that you think really will matter for our teams if we flip the calendar to September of 2023? Because that's the key. Oh, yeah. A lot of these players get those chances, and they fade in the first half. They either become part-time players, uh, or even I think Frank Schwindel just got DFA. That was who in the I was going to say. You took my guy. I was going to Frank Schwindel. This is the Frank Schwindel question. Yeah, this is this is a lot like this year's Frank Schwindel to me. But there's always a chance that it's different, and I could be overlooking. It. I could be wrongly comparing two players that might actually have a, a key difference. So I'm just curious if you guys have have fallen to the point where you believe. Uh, any any of these late season call ups that have played for forty ish games have actually done enough to be meaningful for all, all of next season. Now that you got one in your head, you should. There's one that that's your guy. I don't know. Well, I was I was thinking actually. I didn't know if Aristides Aquino counted uh, because he, I think he, I feel like there's a rebirth. And also Reyes Maranta is someone who I've kind of like liked for maybe three years now, and it seems like he may have found a spot with Arizona. Maybe he gets a couple late season saves here and they're like, oh, we like this guy for next year. All right, cool. You know, we're young enough and rebuilding enough. We can do this. So yeah. who, are you, a, who are you hinting uh, at? I, I like that a lot. I was hinting at Bubba Thompson. Oh, yeah. But I mean, come on. Like we talked about him so much on the show. You know, he's not really a pop up. He's a. Well, yeah, but we we talked about him, but nobody else was talking about him. And he very much fits into this Frank Schwindel kind of thing. I mean, if you think about the, the question, there's a real question, right? Do we believe that he is, I mean, he had a lot of power in the minor leagues. Am I correct? Like he, he was hitting the ball in the minors. I think he had some. Yeah. Yeah. He he did not showing as much power in the majors yet, but in 127 at bats, he's hitting 276 with a 324 OBP 331 slug, but he's got 16 stolen bases and two caught stealings in 127. That's 65. Well, I don't know. I don't know exactly what the math is, but 65, 70 stolen bases next year if he's playing every day, like he's playing every day right now over Cole Calhoun and over other people, like he's playing every single day. I don't know. I'm looking at Bubba Thompson going into next year with bigger bases and with, you know, I mean, there are going to be a lot more stolen bases moving forward after this year. Bubba Thompson strikes me as somebody who might be a guy who is a game changer for our game. I uh, wholeheartedly agree. And I like so I was someone I think I think Al did a story uh, last week and I was looking for Bubba Thompson photos because he wrote about him, wrote a couple of paragraphs about him in the waiver wire. And there are like these amazing shots of the three outfielders in Texas celebrating like in a chorus line, Bubba Thompson, Leone Tavares and Adolis Garcia. And it's like, I, I got to find a way to like print this out and frame it. I'm going to steal it from Getty Images. And I'm just <laughs> I'm going to have it up there. Like, what is this random thing of three Texas Rangers outfielders kicking their legs? And I'm like, you have no idea what this means to me. It really, <laughs> that's really cool. Because I mean, those three are like, that's the outfield for the, like the next 10 years if they want it to be. I mean, we could just stick right there for a second and figure out with, I mean, Tavares came up hot. Maybe seven. Well, yeah. Tavares came up hot. Yep. So he slowed a little bit. Thompson came up like medium hot, got hot, slowing a little bit. But the stolen bases, DVR, do you believe? Let's just talk about Bubba for a second. Like not out of like patting ourselves on the back. Aren't we clever? Aren't we cool? But do you think that Bubba Thompson 
is a is a is a player that we're going to be drafting next year and is going to be as successful in September of 2023. I'm worried about the the second part. I think we're definitely going to draft him because he's very successful as a base dealer. We're going to look at the minor league power as reason to believe that it's at least non-zero power at the big league level. There's a couple of things that are, are going to be important. I think the Rangers are probably going to spend a little more money in free agency. They spent a lot of money last offseason, but they're still a team on the rise, even though they didn't take as much of a step forward as ownership would have liked. And, well, people paid the price for it. Uh, but I think with Bubba Thompson, the concern I'd have is he's a righty, so he could end up on the small side of platoon. So that works against him depending on who else ends up on the roster. And the K rate is a little on the high side at 30.4% for a guy that doesn't walk a lot. You could strike out that much if you walk more than Bubba Thompson does. So he has to either walk more or strike out less. If you believe he can do one of those things and they don't go overboard adding someone who's going to play a ton to one of those outfield spots, then we could be talking about someone who's relevant deep in the next season. But I think he's more of a bench outfielder. And it's just a question of how deep is your league if you're going to take that chance. If you play in a deep enough league, you play draft and hold. You play in an AL-only league, I think he's very in play. I think if you're looking at him in a 15-team league where you make moves, you're going to want to see what happens in Texas around him before actually committing a roster spot to him. DVR is just an Eli White guy, and he's rooting against him. <laughs> That's how I read this. <laughs> he is definitely not. An, none of it, but, well, Eli White was doing some of the same stuff in, in May and June. You know, It's an interesting setup. I think in Texas, where they're going is with uh, – with pitching. Like they, if they're going to spend money, they should spend it on pitching because their offense is pretty it, – it, it's not as successful as I think it's going to be, but the pieces are really interesting, right? Simeon, Seager, Lowe, uh, Josh Young, your your guy. You, that's TBR's guy, Josh Young. Um, I remember when in XFL when you took Josh Young first and I was like, what's TBR going to do with the first pick? And he took Josh Young, and I was like, wow, Josh Young. And you're like, yeah, it was a no-brainer for me that it was definitely going to be Josh Young. And he's coming up, and he's actually doing quite well. And I'm, I was lucky enough to pick him up on a on AL Labor. Um, I think that if they get themselves two starters, they could be in play. Two starters and a reliever. So, um, But you're probably right that there's going to – they got to get somebody in the outfield too. You can't go into next season expecting Adelise to do the same job that he's been doing this year. Why? He did this last year too. Well, that's the question. I mean, actually, it's the next question on the list. So we could just wrap this in before we go back to other guys. Do you think that Adelise Garcia is for real? I mean, again, I got him on AL Labor, and I, I paid a decent price for him. It was because Ariel Cohen, the, the, the projections were in an only league – He's going to get the at-bats. He's going to run. He's going to hit home runs. So there's value there. Um, and I was like, all right, well, it was cheap because nobody wanted him because everyone was freaked out by what happened in June and July of last year that, you know, I was like, he rose and then he fell and then he kind of came back a little bit. And I've had him this year and he's been great. I mean, he's just been great. So, Nando, you definitely think he's coming back and he's going to just, this is a delice. It's just on the rise. Well, I mean, what does he have now? Uh, 1100 plate appearances where he's done this and he's actually improved this year. And if you scale it down to like recently, even his OBP has been good. Like what, what, what do you want him to do? Like 40 home runs next year? No, no. Yeah. I, I don't know why to, you hate him so much. Please. Are you kidding? I, I named him. Yeah. <laughs> I don't hate him. I, I love him. He, he's been valuable all the time. I think if the bottom was going to fall out, it would have been this year. I agree. Yeah. I, I agree with that. DVR. What do you think? Looking under, under the hood. 
K-Rate is definitely better this year than last year. That's the the biggest skills improvement just in the numbers that I was pretty worried about a season ago. I think one thing that I probably overlooked about him that kept the playing time really safe is that he's a very good defender, especially in the corners. He's capable of playing center, doesn't play it with Tavares up, plays really good defense in the outfield corners. I think the speed is the thing that ticked up that I wasn't quite expecting to reach this extra level. I, I thought what we saw last year for counting stats really was as good as it could get. 16 steals isn't bad when you pop 31 homers, but he's a steal away from 24. going 25-25. Yeah, that's really something. And he might be just a b- even better roto player than a real-life player. He's a good real-life player, but he's a great roto player. So this is a, a massive win for Nando because this is a guy that I've been no, it's a win very for all skeptical of, us, of. is what it is. I don't have them anywhere, though. I got them. Uh, but I mean, for the show, I, I, you know, I care more about yeah, the show no. than my teams. But you I get the trophy. Right? There's only one trophy given out for That's the Odd least call. You you get it. Yeah, you get the call for that. I, I listened last year and got him everywhere um, and used him to like help win stuff. And this year, I've got him. He's not going to help me win because Eno's going to win that league. I'm going to come in second, but Eno's going to win that league. But no, you were the guy who, before he was... This is why it's under the radar. I mean, literally. Like, before... You were like, there's a guy, Adolis Garcia. He's going to be really good. I'm telling you guys, guys, Bubba Thompson. This is like my favorite. These are these guys. And it's at, you know, milb.com, baby. And uh, uh, you're right. And it and it hell it holds. It's it's surprising. So back to Bubba Thompson. What do you think, Nando? Do you think in September of 2023, Bubba Thompson had, we were going to say Bubba Thompson had 450 at bats with 10 home runs and 55 stolen bases? Um, I would say Bubba Thompson could be... Okay, I would say 273 <laughs> with uh, uh, 17 home runs and uh, 50, st- 50 steals. Oh, my God. That is a ridiculous projection. Is it? He's so good if he does that. Well, I mean, I he's, mean hit, if- he's hit... As many as 16 in the minors and not a full season. No, he hit more than that. I mean, yeah, he hit a bunch of home runs in the minors this year. This year, year he this was year. hitting a ton. This year, he hit 13 in 80 games. Uh, right. And we know he can steal. He had 49 through those 80 games at Round Rock. Like Ian said, the bigger bases. and he, I mean, his minor league batting average is 270, which has gone crazy up since, uh, you know, a couple bad a couple bad stops along the way. But he's improving. Like, this is a guy who's vastly improving. Uh, and has now kind of shown off what he can do in the majors. And I like, I don't know. It's not like the old days when it was a 40 man roster and you could put in all these junk pitchers at the end. And you're like, well, he was just hitting like crap players. Like, you know, it's like a tight, it's tighter rosters. There's still talent there in September. Not like it was in years past. So these numbers are more real to me than, you know, when it was just like a bunch of dudes you never heard of who were getting tryouts. Let me say this. And then I got to send you to go on your ferry. Thank you. I think that there was a moment about two years ago where I said, okay, you think Adelise Garcia is going to be a big star. What, what, do, what do you think he's going to be? And I'm going to do another impression of you. Hopefully, it'll be solid. I don't know, you know, like 556 at-bats or something, um, like 25 home runs and uh, 25 stolen bases, <laughs> uh, maybe like a 260 average. And I'm pretty sure that when you said that, I went, uh, and DVR went, uh, yeah. well, f- 556 at-bats. 25 home runs, 24 stolen bases with a 250 average. So I was off. So I was wrong. Yeah, you stink. So in terms of Bubba Thompson then next year, 
in terms of Bubba Thompson next year, let's do it from auction, and then we really do get to send D, uh, Nando on his way. Well, I don't think an auction is because like no one's going to bid. Like no, no, people will bid. I give him probably thirteen bucks because I think they're going to have the same steals problem next year, and I'm going to have to pay for those steals. You get him at thirteen in GDD, I think. You get him at thirteen in GDD, I think. Too. What if I don't play in GDD? Well, I don't know Five if to seven bucks late when people are chasing speed. I'll go to eight. I'll go to eight on um, on him. I will go to eight on him probably if 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 I'm Nando. Like I think eight gets him. But how many steals are you project? Are you looking at him like a thirty-five steal guy? Because I'm looking at him as a fifty steal guy. I'm looking at him as if he plays, he's a sixty steal guy. All right. But the the danger is, especially in a fifteen team league, in a twelve team league, actually, and DVR, stop me if I'm wrong. In a twelve team league, he's actually worth more in the auction because you can replace that. The problem is in a 15-team league, if he's not getting the playing time and he becomes a bench player for you, you don't want to have spent $13 on him. Yeah, but why would he be a bench player? Like, I mean, he's proven himself in the major league stint that he's had so far. Like, there's optimism for Bubba Thompson next year, I would say. Yeah. I would guess. There's... He's one of their prized prospects. <laughs> I mean, oh, it's so hard. To... Uh, what's his deal? You know, actually, what's... I haven't even looked this up. And, uh, I don't know exactly where to outside of just, I'm sure there are better stats than baseball reference. I just can't. His, I bet, you know, like, Lewis Brinson's fielding for the Marlins in like I think twenty twenty or twenty nineteen, he was like the number one outfielder. His range was off the charts. It was bolded on Baseball Reference. Like let's not discount the fact in real baseball, maybe Bubba Thompson's like an amazing outfielder. DVR, do you have any uh, uh, fielding metrics on? I'm trying to look up his Thompson? range right now. I will have some range factor per game one point four four, one point seven zero, two point two two as a center fielder. Is that the score sheet system? Uh, no, I'm reading it off of uh, Baseball Reference. Oh, okay, I was going to look at the outs above average, see if we can. I would really like to hear that because that. that that will determine something. He's played all three outfield positions. Yeah, he was in center the other night for sure. He's played 50, 51 games at center, twenty in left, and nine in right. I will say this: there are enough reasons to take a chance that I would consider drafting him. Probably after pick two hundred or so in a snake draft. Because if you're wrong at that point, you can live with yeah. it. Mm-hmm. I would also, I would not draft him thinking you're getting the optimistic projection. I would draft him hoping to get a cheap 20 steals from a guy that plays three or four times a week. But if he takes over the job and keeps doing what he's doing, Nando's ceiling is actually right. But that's why I'm, I'm laughing. So like that's a that's a ridiculous ceiling to have. But his his range of outcomes is really, really wide. I object the average. I, I just don't think 270 makes any sense in professional Major League Baseball once there's a book on him. Doing it right now, though, with a high K rate. So if he gets the K yeah, rate down. That, Ian. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. It just feels like, really, guys? Is Defino that smart? I mean, we know you're not. I know you like to put smart. me down yeah, in front of yeah. other people. Yeah, you're, yeah. Not really, you're not really <laughs> that <laughs> smart. I mean, come on now. But yeah, but but no, it's it's a it's an interesting, it's a really an interesting question. Uh, and Bubba Thompson is somebody who I, I kept waiting for the the real dip, and we haven't seen the real dip yet, right? I mean, have we? We have not seen the real dip. But I mean, some of these are guys you know who were good, and this was this was expected. This was, what was supposed to happen with Bubba Thompson. He was the top 50 prospect a couple of years ago. He was a first-round pick, yeah, 26th well, overall. I mean, this is what we've been waiting for. He just, I mean, like, I think we have these unrealistic expectations on some guys because, you know, a few of them come up at 22 and just start banging the ball. And you're like, oh, this is, you know, there's no time for them to season in the minors anymore and come up at 25 and be like, oh, hey, I'm amazing. This is what, you know, this is what I've developed into. He's literally playing every day, like literally, pretty much. I mean, he took, he hit the 14th was off against, but then he came in the game and, 
got caught one of the few times he got caught stealing. Um, no, it's it's really and he he steals them in bunches too. Like the eleventh, from the tenth through the twelfth, he had five stolen bases in three games. That's pretty man. That's really pretty. I uh, I I I don't want to dine and dash, but I, I do want to leave you. I do want to leave you with this. I'm slowly, slowly becoming obsessed with Charles LeBlanc, which I'm sure is no surprise to you. I'm sure like that would have been a sentence you two would have written that I would have said. Why? Why? Man, like, because he's from, he's Quebecois, basically. What? Always good fishing in Quebec. Yeah. No, I I, like, I, you know, I do, you know, last 14 day sorts and, you know, he's, he jumped out a little bit and I'm like, oh, Charles LeBlanc, huh? Really? And then went back and looked at, you know, what he was doing in the minors and he's kind of, I mean, he's not exactly a Nando guy, like, but if you buy into this last season, he kind of is with the batting average. Um, he hadn't really shown it a lot before, but I think Miami claimed him and maybe Miami was like, hey, we got some things you should try. I've got to read more stories on him. Like, I got to read like, you know, what, oh, the, oh, the pitching, co- or the hitting coach who changed my approach, but he's hitting doubles. In the, this is in the minors, in the, in the majors, he's hitting. Like, he hit for average. He's got power, a little bit of speed. Uh, he's walking a lot more, more than he ever has in his career. Um I don't know, man. Like, there's, some, I think there's a little something there with Charles LeBlanc. There's something to consider. Just something to throw out there before I take out. You know. Beautiful, beautiful. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, well, I'm gonna dive a little deeper on Charles LeBlanc because I think deeper. he's gonna be available in in a league that I'm still fighting it out for. Hey, hey, later. Thank you for joining hey, us. Love Thank you, guys. you for joining us on your own show. Sorry, I gotta run. Have fun talking crap about me now that I'm gone. All right, yeah, for sure. God, you know we will. That's as soon as you leave. Thirty-eight minutes of just yes. absolutely destroying Nando. <laughs> Later, brothers. Love everybody. You too. Dr. Thomas Scott, love you too, man. All right, bye, everybody. Bye. All right, Ian, so I had a question that started to pop up on the Tuesday episode of this show. We were looking at barrel rate risers and fallers, and despite all of the missed time this season, Eloy Jimenez has been a barrel rate riser, and I'm in. I I believe. am Am I foolish for looking right past what is becoming a pretty gnarly recent injury history to take one more chance on what should be a pretty discounted Eloy Jimenez going to 2023. Yeah. Well, the question is, where is the discount? How, how, how deep does the discount go? Like in terms of even it's sort of simpler in draft, I think than in auction, where where is he going to go in a draft next year? What pick? Because if you look at what he's done over the last two weeks, he's been the Eloy Jimenez that everyone has been dreaming he would be, right? He's big, he's strong, he's you know, it's very impressive. But where 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 does he go? What what number in the draft? This year, he had an ADP of 63 in April. Yeah. yeah. And I think because he's a former top prospect, he's a player people have liked for a few draft seasons now, the discount will not be as much as it would be if he were older and if the conditions yeah. were different, he'd fall more. So I'm going to say he's going to go from an ADP of 63 to an ADP of roughly, let's say 80. So he's only going to lose about a round, a full round by the yeah. end of draft season. He might be cheaper than that. Initially, there's a chance if you're drafting, if you're, if you're one of those people and I, and I am one of those people, if you're drafting, at the end of September, beginning of October, November, very, very beginning of draft season, maybe you get him at the 90 pick 100 overall range. That seems possible. And I say that because... That's the number I have. 
yeah, there's guys with pretty good track records that were falling to that point. Alex Bregman coming off of uh, the wrist injuries and, and underwhelming power. He's finally come all the way back to being the Bregman I thought he would be. I sort of downgraded him midseason, and that was right about the time that he went back to being Alex Bregman. But I think initially that's about the range you're going to see for Eloy. I'm definitely in there, but I think I'm in at the the increased price over the course of draft season too. I don't think the helium would bring him all the way back up uh, to where he was going in this draft season because he doesn't steal bases. And I think right. we're going to still mm-hmm. have this obsession of finding guys that run in that range. And I think we might be talking about him as someone that we really liked at the end of next season. Say, wow, I can't believe people gave up on Eloy because of a couple you know, fluke injuries. It's like, well, that's that's the game. It's hard. It's hard to it's hard to know how much you should discount a player because of considerable amounts of lost time like that. This this falls into the category of uh, something I put on the rundown about gut reactions to players. Um, like versus not like. Sure. Right? And and how I, I, I one of the reasons I wanted to do this, and I thought we would do it with Nando, it's fine that we're just going to do it, the two of us, um, and I'm going to explain what it is, is like I, we talked a couple of weeks ago about how to decide on pitchers and like what our process was, right? We, when we did the, you know, the Kershaw at Coors versus Martin Perez against the Detroit Tigers. And I described this this feeling of like just in my gut, what do I think is the answer to the question? 105 is my number for me to even start considering Eloy. And, I, and it's another example of I could be dead wrong on it. But I'm happier to be wrong on Eloy and not reach for him than I, I won't feel bad about it because I I just don't I don't think I, I can't get the image of him reaching over the fence in left field and having his shoulder get pulled out out of my head. I just I can't get that image out of my head. And and then even when he came back, this was last year, sort of struggled right and he was coming back from a really bad injury and and, and he, he struggled along the way and then this year i don't even remember what the injuries were but he was off my board and then so it continued so that when i was looking over the last 14 days of, i guess it was last night as i was putting it together and i saw that eloy was a top five player and i'd seen little well eloy well another day oh eloy you know like all this exciting eloy Jimenez stuff that's why I put it in there about buying them. No, I don't. I don't buy them. I'm not interested. I, I would rather use that space for an upside pitcher than I'm excited about. Someone, I mean, this can sound crazy, but like, you know, like Dylan Cease this past year was in that 60 area, maybe a little earlier. Um, Shane McClanahan in that 60 area of pitchers. That's where I want to take my pitchers. I don't want to take an outfielder who's not going to run. You know, I, I took Arenado in that area this past year. A lot because it was a, a a position of scarcity. I just don't know that I'm buying Eloy. I don't. I don't. I don't want that. I'll find my power elsewhere. But I don't know. That that's my vibe. Is that like so? If we were to auction it up, and I say Eloy Jimenez, fifteen dollars. Yeah, we're talking like GDD. Yeah, let's go GDD, fifteen dollars, and I, I throw him out for fifteen, and I'm gonna take it as far as I would go. I'll go sixteen. I'll go seventeen. I'll go nineteen. I'm done. Yeah, I think that's right around the sweet spot. Like 19, 20 bucks is where he's going to go in some of those leagues. And that's going to be really nice because he's he's not just a masher. He, he actually gets you good batting average too. Career 279 hitter. 
Okay, and and OVP and walking and he doesn't doesn't steal right. Not one a one a year or something. Does not run. And I think that that pick eighty, pick ninety range. Corey Seager was in that range. I think there's a lot of similarities in the roto profile to yes. Corey Seager. I, I know agree. they're very different because Corey Seager plays on the infield. But I was totally fine with Seager where he was going this past draft season. I think Eloy falls right into that same role. But then, okay, great. So, but let's take those two guys. To me, I would take Seager at pick 85. I would do that just to fill that middle infield spot. Right. And not that I'm going to fill the middle infield spot because I probably don't have my second base on my shortstop already. But like, that's a, there's more scare. But it depends. We'll see at the end of the season, like how many outfielders do we know we're going to play every day? But also it just comes back to injury for me. I am not, no way. I'm not, I'm not feeling comfortable. My gut says no on Eloy. My gut says that this is somebody, I don't love the body. I don't, I mean, it's a good, it's a good lineup. It's a pretty good lineup, you know, but I, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a no for me. I wish Nando were here and he would go, oh yeah, Eli, it's the best. I you know I'm taking him and I'm taking him a pick 42, 42. Ah, I think this would be a case. So I think Nando, we've known him for a few years now. I think our friend is the kind of person who does not like the hyped thing. He likes to do his own thing. That's pretty clear with the types of players he likes. And yeah, so if, if everyone says, you got to go see, I don't see a lot of movies, The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight's amazing. He'd say it was pretty good, but I think people overhyped it. I think he'd have that sort of attitude towards Eloy Jimenez because expectations have been very high from day so, one. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's I think true. He, I think he'd be out on Eloy Jimenez just because of past expectations that other people put out there. Although I will say this, when I when teams that I manage or co-manage struggle, it tends to be undervaluing power. So I'm always over I'm always using speed. I'm always buying speed. So and that that can be a weakness and I know that going into leagues this year uh, Rob Mershak and I are oh, damn, not great. Not so <laughs> he's um, just not. It's just, up. Oh, it's just yeah, no, no. It wasn't. It was not. It was not ready to go. I'm surprised uh, you're that, not the one on the West Coast after that. That's, yeah, uh, sorry about that. Wow. Uh, Mershak and I were. You know, Rob would say, you know, we got to get our, we got to make sure we get power. You know, because last year in GDD we struggled. We were like mid pack. I think we finished fifth, uh, something like that, fifth or sixth, and we just couldn't get over the top on power. So it's something. I, you know, that being said, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to play in the 60s or 70s for Eloy Jimenez. I mean, I do have. I, I pulled up last night the um, the the board from Rob Di Pietro again, and looked at that board again because it's really interesting to to take a look. And let me just see where he went. Oh, that's not right. Oh, come on, fellas, let's just get that. Oh, he did go. Yeah, he went to seventh round. So pick one hundred five. One one. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, like there, I'm I'm gonna play. I'm playing there. But that was before the the hot little run that he's gone through now. So I think he tips up. I think he probably tips up into the 80s. He takes that Brian Reynolds spot. Although, man, I was watching Brian Reynolds play baseball last night. So okay, now you just got me an Aaron Judge. I watched the my whole family. We watched the entire game. Uh, we're so busy that we did not go to any games. And thank you to Chris Dolan because uh, he, who is the father of Lennox Dolan, uh, husband of Beth, who brought, uh, who helped us. <laughs> I just had to call him all out because then he's like, "Hey, he didn't mention all of us on the show." Um, he he helped keep us on the on the travel team because it was going to be it was really hard and really tight. But we all watched the game last night, 
And watching Brian Reynolds go four for five with a 424 foot bomb home run that he hit, uh, he was really impressive. And I'm not a Brian Reynolds huge fan. And Ariel Cohen loves Ariel's like, I ain't. I mean, he's really good. And you know, he really looked like the best player on the field last night, except for one guy, Aaron Judge. DVR last night, it, 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 if you have a chance, see, I mentioned Ariel Cohen. I said, it, 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 if you have a chance to just watch the last inning, it was amazing. The Yankees were up, and then Rizzo makes a really kind of bad error that was like compounded because like he fielded it, didn't get the grip on the ball, and then got the grip, and then instead of just taking the easy out at first, tried to throw to second, ball gets away, first and third. Then Rodolfo Castro comes up, hits a three-run bomb. I mean, it was like, and it was just like, oh, man, we're going to lose to the Pirates on a night like this? Judge hadn't done anything. It was all, you know, everyone's really disappointed. Stanton getting booed. I mean, booed. Stanton looking terrible out there. And then the ninth inning comes up, and I'm I'm still awake. And my wife was just like, because she's getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning. She's like, I got to go to sleep. And oh, we're down 8-4. It's okay. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go downstairs. I'm going to watch the game. So I'm watching. Judge hits a home run. And it was so beautiful. He's such a mensch, and which is a, a word for like a man, like a Yiddish word for like just a good man. Hits a home run. The place goes insane. He comes out, does his first curtain call since his rookie year. And he does it like we're losing, but I guess I have to do it because I just hit 60 home runs. Unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. Under that pressure, 60 home runs. Hits his 60th home run. Rizzo gets up. Hits a double left center field. Beautiful at bat. Beautiful hit. Uh, Torres works a solid walk. Josh Donaldson, little dink. Bases loaded. Stratton's pitching, who turns out was the great-grandson or great-great-grandson or great-nephew of Red Ruffing, who is the Hall of Fame Yankee pitcher. Stratton, first time at Yankee Stadium, goes to Monument Park to see his dad. Comes in in the ninth to close his Greek, whatever it is. Comes into the game, gives up the home run to judge, gives up the double, gives up the walk, gives up the thing. Two and two pitch. Giancarlo Stanton throws him a changeup. Stanton can't hit a fastball anymore right now, just with the way his body's working. Hits a Stantonian line drive game-winning Grand Slam, so much joy, so much joy. And the thing that I wanted to say about Aaron Judge is watching his joy after Stanton hit the home run compared to how the look on his face when he hit the home run was like night and day because he had struck out with the bases loaded earlier in the game. And he, as he's rounding the bases, as he's just hit 60 home runs and matched Babe freaking Ruth. You know what he was thinking? Because he talked about this. I literally filmed it on my phone, his press conference. Someone said, what were you thinking as you were rounding the bases? And like, you know, I, if I were hitting, if I, I was that guy, I'd have been like, I just hit 60 home runs. I can't believe I hit 60 home runs. He said, truthfully, what I was thinking was how, how disappointed I was in myself that when I had a chance to put the game away with the bases loaded, I struck out. But then when there was nobody on, I hit the home run. And it was like, seriously, that's what you were thinking about? As you hit a home run that puts you into history, like in a way that we've never seen before in in the American League since 1961, and then he t- he just talked about the joy of the team, and it's all about the team. And it's like I'm literally saying this to DBR, and call me on this in five years or seven years when he's like literally geriatric and like we're paying him fifty million dollars a year. He's my all time favorite. I've been saying it 
for years before he did this. He is my all-time favorite Yankee. He is the greatest role model in baseball. I freaking love Aaron Judge, man. If everyone should take a look, just take a look at his at the home run, watch Stanton, watch Judge's face, and then try to watch that press conference because I'm sure it's on Twitter. Uh, it's really it's really magnificent. That's it. That's what, that, that, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. It's a it is a Yankee classic that will be seen on the Yes Network for forever as long as there's people. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you're right. That one that one's going to get some significant uh, replay time uh, over over the years. A couple other things I wanted to get to. Yes, please. And thank you for letting me go off on it. Just just to have it. Just that's what happened. A huge thing to be excited about. I think that's really cool. I haven't really seen anything like that for the teams I root for. Yeah, not in baseball anyway. It was also also DVR. One last thing. It was just a sign of how momentum is so important in baseball. Because it was the the joy of watching his team, watching Judge hit that home run that just like energized everybody. I was like, we could do this. Let's do this. And it was just for a minute. It was like, wow. And then Chapman pitched well last night. Clay Holmes gave up the three-run homer to Rodolfo Castro. And I was like, all right, this season's not going to work. We don't have a closer. And then Chapman came in looking like it were all just Chapman for the first time in like months. So it's really a really interesting night. Yes, go ahead. Bunch of other stuff here. You have the gut reactions game on here i'm, I'm kind of curious what you like, what you want to do with this because it, it, it looks interesting to me okay cool so here's how the gut reaction game how i'd like to sort of give this a shot and see um i'm gonna name a player and in the moment there's a there's a number on the guy right so for eloy jimenez the number is 75 and it's a gut feeling of yeah i like i like that I like that guy or, and it's not, it's not about draft season. It's just a a question of whether you like the guy or not. And the reason was we're watching the game and Garrett Cole was they're, they're they're trying to get, uh, they're giving away Garrett Cole bobblehead dolls on September 30th. And my wife says, Hey, we should maybe think about going to the game on September 30th. And my older son goes, nah, I don't want that. And I was like, yeah, I don't want that. (laughs) And she was like, why not? And, and I just said, I don't like him. And she was like, what do you mean you don't like him? He's unbelievably good. I was like, yeah, he's really good. He's a really good pitcher. I just don't like him. Ben, do you like him? And Ben's like, I don't like him. I don't like him at all. And I was like, that's interesting. And then we were watching Nestor Cortez. And Nestor was putting on a show last night. From the first inning, he was doing his little digga digga digga, you know, Luis Tiant head turns for those who were, you know, born in the 70s and would remember that. And it really made me think. It was like, like, how do you feel about these different players? And, and, for the audience, for for everyone who's listening, to start asking themselves, like to trust the gut feeling that they have inside about the players. Like I was looking at Harrison Bader and I was like, yeah, I don't really like this guy. And he went to my rival high school like 15 years after I went to my rival high school in my town that I live in right here in Riverdale, in Riverdale in the Bronx. He went to a school called Horace Mann, which my old house before we moved was literally across the street from. That's where he went. Now he's coming back to New York. And I was looking at him. I was like, I don't like this guy. I just don't like him. It's just a gut feeling inside. So I'm going to ask you uh, about guys on uh, the Milwaukee Brewers because I think that that those are uh, guys that you know better than most. Sure. So I'm going to say and just tell me whether you like him. Uh, you you know what the base like is on a guy like the medium like whether you like him or you don't like him. And we're going to start with Colton Wong. I'm pretty neutral on Colton Wong. I think he's 
I, I like him, but I don't think I like him any more than anybody else does. Okay, and it's not for fantasy actually. It's it it's for it's just like the overall play. Here's a guy uh, that I, I I bet you have a feeling about, uh, Rowdy Telez. I like Rowdy. Why do you like Rowdy? There's just something about the energy of that guy. He, he they had him. I think I just saw a clip the other day. He he was mic'd up, and he <laughs> yep. was talking about how the last time he was mic'd up, he was on the bench. <laughs> so it wasn't even. It, like, it was just so random that like, you didn't play, didn't play that particular day, but they had the guy's on him anyway. name is Rowdy. I like Rowdy Telez. And then I actually caught that. That's why I thought you probably caught that too. Like, do you like Rowdy Telez? Like, yeah, that guy is a ton of fun and looks like a really good baseball player. Josh Donaldson. <laughs> no, I don't like Josh Donaldson. I don't like Josh Donaldson. I don't want to hang out with Josh Donaldson. I don't like him. Why don't you like him? He's the kind of player that when he's on your team, you're you're glad you don't have to play against him because he is a good player, but he just doesn't seem likable. He's the guy that comes in. I played soccer. It was the, the most competitive team sport I played at the highest level, just up into high school, and I coached it for a long time. And every once in a while, you get a kid that would do kind of dirty stuff on the field, right? They'd, yeah. they'd go studs up into someone when the ref wasn't looking, and they, they'd get away with it. And if you were teammates with that guy, you didn't like that. You were like, come on, man. Like, someone's going to cheap shot me because you just cheap shot at that guy. Knock it off. Donaldson's that kind of player. Like, even if he's on your team, you're like, oh, at least I didn't get cleated just now. But then you know the stuff he does is probably going to come back to bite you later. So that's that's the vibe that I get from Donaldson. That's why I don't like him. Me too. I have the same vibe on Donaldson. How about a guy like uh, Pete Alonso? I like him because I think he's built for the home run derby. And I think the home run derby is like a <laughs> WWE style event for baseball and baseball yeah. needs more events like that. Yeah. Okay. I don't really like him. Um, he did I, mattress I, commercials. So you hate that about it. Yeah. No, no, that's true. And I think, uh, but that's not why I, I just, I find him uncomfortable to watch when I'm watching him. <laughs> although I did see there was a great John boy video where he was uh, doing hit by pitch. The Mets were being hit by pitch and he was doing this bit where he's like, Pitch it right there. You know how like uh, Alonzo does this thing with his bat where it's like just he's like, just just put it right there, right there, right there. It's very funny. I I, I, I uh, encourage people to check that out. It's very, very funny. Uh, here's another player, CJ Cron. Man, that's another neutral for me. Like, I don't have a I don't really have a, a like or a dislike of him. So I guess it's more of a dislike. I don't like him. Therefore, I dislike him. <laughs> is, that, is that a thing? Here's the guy that it's actually all about. O'Neill Cruz. What do you think of O'Neill Cruz? I like O'Neill Cruz. I think O'Neill Cruz is going to be a phenomenal baseball player. He looked like the third best player on the field last night. They were pitching around him. But something happened this week with O'Neill Cruz that I'm having trouble getting my head around. And maybe, maybe I'm wrong. But I watched it like four times. Because it was like they cut away to the stands. But I watched his body as he was going back to the dugout. It's two strikes. He swung, and the bat flew over the netting into the crowd at full speed, like it was a missile. As soon as that bat left his hands and he struck out, he started walking back to his dugout on the first baseline and never once turned back around to look. Did not even look to see if he had just changed somebody's life. That's pretty odd. It made me unhappy. <laughs> it, it made me say, I don't like you, dude. I think that that's underneath. Like, I just didn't like that. 
part of him. Now, it doesn't affect, and maybe it's not an appropriate conversation for the show because we're a fantasy baseball show. But then it just is like, well, what kind of a teammate are you? If that's if you're not caring about how your actions affect others, I think that's what you're getting to, right? Like with Donaldson, your your argument was he's a dirty player. He's going to do something dirty that's going to end up coming back and biting me in the butt. Right. That's again trying to relate it to a sport I've played at a higher level where I've had teammates like that. All right. Well, anyway, just just try to. I think what I wanted to put out there was when you're looking at the players, like get a feeling for them as you're watching them. I'm saying to 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 people who are listening, like start to get a feel for these guys beyond just the what they do with the bat or what they do with their arms. We talked about it with Jamison Tyone, like, you know, you can or Michael Kopech, like the Michael Kopech problem. Right. I hate watching Michael Kopech pitch because I think that he manifests some of the problems that he has. You know what I'm saying? That's this is this is it, it's a little bit deeper. We'll get to it more in the offseason. Last question for you. Are you buying Vlad Guerrero cheap in 2023? What are you talking about for a discount, though? I don't think I wasn't expecting that much of a discount where how how low does he go in? Uh, I mean, how, how much does it cost in GDD? So uh, GDD Vladimir Guerrero, twenty five dollars. I think he's in that league, probably still pushing 30 bucks. I agree. I'm at least bidding 30. Okay. And then I'll say 31. I'd probably go 32. All right. That's it. I'm not going to go to, well, I don't know. Maybe. And that's, that's where the question is, right? Because he was going for 40 coming into the season. And now I think he's, you know, he was, he was a top six, seven pick. I think there's a, like to me, I'm buying him ahead of buying. I'm paying the extra for Vlad as opposed to believing in the Eloy. I'm going to save my, you know what I mean? Like, I'm going to pay that little bit of extra there, I think. He's just somebody who I believe in. And that might be the cost, right? You might lose a player in the $20 range because you spent the extra couple bucks to get exactly. Vlad Jr. early. That That's a trade-off that I think a lot of people are willing to make. But uh, interesting that he's got eight steals this year. That was something that I'd previously overlooked. Mm-hmm. And, and how about Aaron Judge? He's going to win the, maybe the Triple Crown. He's the MVP. Sorry. Just to just to wrap that sure. up, we got we got to wrap. I got to wrap too now. Um, but you're doing the close, so close us out for the man who's getting a call for stealing images from Getty. <laughs> 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 Not a Davino. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, uh, that's me. I really want that picture <laughs> for the man who doesn't like. Miguel Andujar, and he doesn't really know why. Ian Khan. Yes, I, you know, I, I, I kind of do like Miguel Andujar, but, but there's this little piece that's, that's still a little curious about him. <laughs> I'm Derek Van Riper. Thanks for listening. We're back with you next week. See ya. Bye. Good talk. Good talk.